1: You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home.
2: The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. It's season 12 of the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is the seasonal series from the Sonic Society in which producers and actors from the modern age of audio drama recreate and reproduce classic old-time radio plays. The Playhouse is open to all producers and creators of modern audio drama to bring to a contemporary audience these classic plays. And now... Over to the host of the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse, waiting in the seat in his balcony, Mr. David Alt.
3: Thank you, Jack, and thank you for joining us at the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. I'm waiting here early and anxiously for our double feature this evening as Rachel Pulliam brings us two plays calculated to keep you in... Suspense! This week, Ms Pulliam brings us Dark Journey by Lucille Fletcher, in which Alice ventures to New York with a friend, but is disturbed by her friend's ability to wish things to happen. And of course, the thing in the window where a man is upset about consistently seeing the figure of a man in his neighbor's apartment window. Suspense was the Golden Age's most popular and longest-running... Well, with the curtains rising on time, we're in for a treat with this double feature of Suspense.
1: Enterprises brings you a double feature from Showcase Classics. Tonight, we pay tribute to that old-time radio program, Suspense, starring Rhiannon McAfee, Christy Glick, Pete Lutz, in Dark Journey, and That Thing in the Window.
4: Today, I'm going on a journey. I'm going to see Anne Brody again after 15 years. But When the news came yesterday, terrible as it was, it was as though a shadow had lifted from my life. A secret horror that I could never quite forget. I have been afraid of Anne Brody now for 15 years. There is no need to be afraid of her anymore. Anne's secret has been locked in my heart together with all shameful, horrible things. Yet I have never gone on a journey like this one. There have been times when I couldn't bear the whistle of a train flung out long and mournful over the lonely countryside. I couldn't bear the smell of a day coach, the feel of the plush seats, the rattle and bustle, only because everything came back. Every detail of that long and terrible weekend we spent together fifteen years ago.
0: Oh, Alice. Alice, we're off!
4: Thank goodness. I don't think anybody saw us, do you? Uh, no. uh Uh-uh. Only old Mr. Hodges, the stationmaster, and he's no gossip. Not that I care, but you know how the tongues wag in this town. Well, it's much better to be perfectly sure of your plans before you pass the word around. Then, if you and Clyde don't settle things, then nobody will be any the wiser. (laughs) If we don't settle things, there's no
0: if about it.
4: But Clyde and I are practically engaged. Did you get his letter yet about us coming to New York? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, well, for goodness sake, why didn't you tell me? What did he
0: say? He's no letter writer. Just that he was glad and that he's been busy and he's going to call us at the hotel. He can't meet us at the train? No. Uh, it seems it's his mother's birthday and he promised to take her to lunch in town. We'll be getting in just around that time. He's terribly devoted to her, you know. Has been
4: ever since his father died. Oh, I see. You're very much in love with him, aren't you, Anne? Terribly. And yet you you really see him so little. How long has it been now? Three months? Three
0: months and six days. But it doesn't really matter. No? I know Clyde loves me and I love him. There's a bond between us and
4: nothing will ever break it. As long as you feel that way, it's a wonderful way to feel. But I don't think you ought to let it drag on like this much longer, Anne. I really don't.
0: Oh, don't worry. We'll settle it this time, once and for all. You'll see. When we're on this train again, I'll be wearing his engagement ring on my finger.
4: ever open a hotel window? Three o'clock... You'd have thought he'd have called me by now. Oh, he's probably tied up with his mother. Oh, come on, let's go down to the drugstore and have a sandwich. Aren't you just starved? No... No, I... I don't feel hungry. You go,
0: though. I'll wait. Oh, come on. The clerk will take the message for you. No. No, I... I want to be here myself.
4: Well, why don't you call him? I can't. If he's at a restaurant... Well, maybe he didn't go. Maybe he's homesick, or... or at the office. No. He's got to call me. I don't know why he doesn't. Well, I don't know why either. In fact, why couldn't we all have had lunch together at that restaurant? I mean, he... he's not exactly poor, is he? <sighs> don't you want to take a bus ride or see the sights or anything? Later, Alice. After he's called.
0: Hello? Yes? Oh, yes, this is Miss Anne Brody. What? He... he left a message. Oh, thank you. What is it? He stopped by and left a message. He has a previous engagement. A previous engagement. When he knew I was coming to New York this weekend only to see him.
4: Oh, well,
0: maybe it was something he couldn't get out of. Uh, maybe on account of his mother's birth- But he already gave her today. And after all, he knew I was coming. He knew I'd want to be with him every possible minute! Maybe that's the trouble, Anne. Maybe he doesn't want to be pinned down. Maybe you expect too much. But he was right here in the hotel and he didn't even... Oh, he's grown away from me. He's not mine anymore. Alice. Alice, you know what Clyde has meant to me these three years. How I've lived for him and worshipped him. It's... Oh, it's just as though my... My world has been cut away. It's like... It's like having a lump of ice for a heart. Alice... Clyde is my heart. Oh, I... I've got to see him. I've got to tell him. Anne, dear, wouldn't you like to lie down? No! No, I can't lie down. I'm... going to sit here in, in this chair by the window. I... wish you'd go, Alice. I I want to be quiet. And think. And think about him. Oh, Anne, I wouldn't. Something's happened to him. There's some barrier... I've got to wish it away, to break it down. What are you talking about? I can do it, you know. Anne? Please go, please.
4: gosh. Don't tell me it's nine o'clock. I, I didn't mean to sleep so late. We'd well, we better get up and get breakfast. Alice, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? He hasn't called me. I haven't slept. Why don't you call him, Anne? Call him and have it out with him once and for all. No. No, I... I couldn't. Maybe there's something bothering him. Maybe it's some family situation. After all, his mother didn't have lunch with you yesterday. Maybe maybe there was a reason. What reason could there be, except she doesn't want to meet me? She doesn't want him to marry anybody. She wants to keep him all to herself. Oh, well, isn't that enough to upset any fella? Oh, oh, come on, we'll get to the bottom of this thing. What's his number? I'll get it for you. I haven't his number. I never called him at
0: home, but his address is...
4: 3254 Sunset Drive, Riverdale, New York. 3254 Sunset Drive, Riverdale, New York. Hello? Hello, operator. This is room 351. We want to put in a call to Riverdale, New York. Uh, 3254 Sunset Drive, Riverdale, New York. The name is Dexter. Mr. Clyde Dexter. Will you get it for us, please? What did she say? She, she's looking it up. Oh, there it is. Oh, she's ringing. Here, you better take it now. Oh, no. No,
0: just one minute. One minute. Let me get my breath. Let me think of what I'm going to say. Hello? Is this the Dexter residence? This is Miss Anne Brody speaking. I wonder if I might speak to Mr. Clyde Dexter, please? Thank you. Clyde? Oh, Clyde, this is Anne. Oh, I'm I'm fine, thank you. Oh, Clyde, I've been waiting here at the hotel for you to call, and... Alice and I have to spend the morning out, and we thought we'd better let you know we wouldn't be in, just in case you wanted... Oh, yes, Clyde, I... I know you said you had a previous engagement, but I thought... Well, you see, Clyde, I'm, I'm only going to be here today... We get to see each other so little, I was wondering... What's that, Clyde? Yes? Yes? Well, no, I... I didn't... What did you say, Clyde? I didn't understand. You what? You... Oh, Clyde! Oh, Clyde, it's not true! It... It can't be! But, Clyde, we... But, Clyde, you can't do this to me. I... I considered myself engaged to you. Anne?
4: Anne, give me that phone.
0: No. Oh, no. I just want to say goodbye to him, please. No. And don't... Don't look that way. What did he say? He told me he's engaged to marry a New York girl this September.
4: Oh, Anne. He... He just isn't worthy of you. He he couldn't have been if he treats you like this now. I love him. I love him. I'll love him till the day I die. Oh, Anna! I am <laughs> sorry. I am so
0: sorry. Oh, please, Alice! Please don't talk. Don't come near me.
4: Oh, go away, will you? Just for a little while. Oh no, no, I won't leave you. I, I can't leave you when. Just go away, I said. Oh, do you hear me? Go away. I want to be
0: alone. I want you to go away. I I have work to do. Work to do? I'm I'm gonna will him to come back to me. I'm gonna make him come to this hotel through heaven and hell. And they're dragging him away from me. Oh, Anne. I can do it. I've done it before. I've made him write to me. I've made him call me up out of a clear sky after months and months. I willed him to speak to me the very first time I saw him when he was just a stranger. I willed him to give me his fraternity pen last year at the spring dance. And I can do it. I can do it. If only I try hard enough, if you're absolutely quiet. Clyde. Clyde. It's no use, he's too far away. Huh. I'll have to come closer to him. We're going out. Going out? Where, where to? To Riverdale. Riverdale? I want to look at his house, to see where he lives. There's something there.
4: Someone who's holding him back. Anne, let's go back to Denford. Let's take a train tonight, any train, and get out of here for no, good. No, I can't go home.
0: I told you that before. I can't until I have his engagement ring on my finger.
1: And now, Dream Realm Enterprises returns with Rhiannon McAfee and Christy Glick in Lucille Fletcher's Dark Journey, a play well-calculated to keep you in Suspense.
4: dark I-, I don't think we ought to be wandering around here like this there might be strange men there's in the a- street
0: sunset drive and there's the house i've seen pictures of it i'd i'd know it anywhere anywhere
4: this is doing you no good oh hush
0: i've dreamed about that house dreamed of myself and him living in it together I've dreamed of our children playing on that lawn and the sound of music inside and our car standing outside. Oh, but it wouldn't mean a thing to you, Anne, if Clyde didn't love you. I've dreamed of the years we'd spend together. Why, I... I even named the children Clyde Jr. and Peter and Charlotte. That's his mother's name. I never liked it. I was going to call one child that just to please him. (laughs) And now... What have I got? Nothing. Nothing. It's gone. Come on. Come on
4: with me, Anne.
0: Oh. There's a light going on upstairs. Do you suppose it's his room? I wonder if he's home. Clyde. Clyde. Think of me. Come back to me. Oh. Love me, Clyde.
4: Love me. Love me. (laughs) Oh, don't. Anne, don't. Somebody might hear you. A shadow at the window. Oh, it's Clyde.
0: Oh, no. No, it's someone else. It's a woman. A gray-haired woman. Why, it's his mother, Alice. Clyde's mother! I don't think he's home, Anne. Let's go back to the hotel. No. No. I want to see her. I've heard so much about her. She always turned her nose up at me. He never admitted it, but I knew. He was the only son and she thought there wasn't anybody good enough. And... And he was always under her influence. Just believed everything she said. I could tell the way he talked. It was always, mother says this and mother says that. I bet it was she who turned him against me, who picked out that... that New York girl. Oh, Anne, please, come on. You're just tearing your heart out. She's up in his room now. She's straightening his things. She's happy up there. She doesn't care that she's made me miserable. Oh, I can feel it now, Alice. I can feel the barrier in my heart. Shh! Somebody's coming! Let's go! We're doing no harm. We can stare, can't we, if we wish? Come on. Come on, we'll walk past the house. We'll defy her. We'll go up and ring the bell and... And then when she comes down to answer it, we'll ask, Is Mrs. Clyde Dexter at home? And then when she asks us who we mean, We'll laugh in her face! (laughs)
4: Oh, Anne. You're just beside yourself. Yes, I am. I am
0: beside myself. Because I feel it, Alice. He's lost to me as long as she's up there. Well, I can stand here, out here under the trees, trying to reach him with every bit of soul I possess. But as long as she's there... As long as she's alive, he'll never be mine again.
4: terrible. You've got to pull yourself together and get some rest. Y- you've been sitting in that chair now for three hours. Please, don't talk. Just let me alone. You're working on that, that willpower thing still, aren't you, Anne? It makes me awfully nervous. Be quiet.
0: It's coming. Something's coming. Something's going to happen. I
4: feel it all around me. Oh, I'm going to get a doctor if you don't stop. Shh. Shh. I feel it. I feel something. Oh, I I, I absolutely refuse to let this go on, do you hear? Now you, you, you get into bed. Leave me alone. It's as though there were a big lump being moved off my heart,
0: as though the ice inside me were going, as though I could cry at last. Oh, it's happened. Oh, thank you, God, thank you. All right, I'll lie down now. I'll go to sleep. Oh, if you could sleep, you'd feel better. I've done it, Alice. You'll see. He'll be here in the morning. You lie down now. There he is. Didn't I tell you? There's Clyde now! Hello? Yes! Yes, this is room 351. Yes, this is Anne Brody speaking. Yes, it's Riverdale calling. Riverdale. Clyde? She didn't say. Oh. Hello? Yes? Yes, I'm Anne Brody. Why, yes, I am a friend of Mr. Clyde Dexter. Who did you say this is, please? The police? The police?! Oh, something hasn't happened to our Mr. Dexter, has it? Oh. What? Yes. Uh, Yes, my friend and I were out to the house late this afternoon, around six o'clock. Why, yes, I... I did wear a white hat and green dress, and she wore... Oh, but we took the subway, the White Plains Express, to the Innsboro Line from our hotel. We came back around seven. We... Well, we just walked past the house two or three times, but... Well, what's the matter? why are you asking me these questions no i haven't seen him i what
4: give me the phone Anne. let me speak to them you're in no condition to talk keep away you know what they're saying do you that clyde's mother has been
0: murdered what oh no no i haven't yes no no we didn't we just came right home we didn't even ring the bell Is Mr. Dexter there with you? I see. Well, I'd like to speak to him, please, when he gets through. Will you ask him to call me? Yes, we'll stay here in the room. Oh, Anne! It was a hammer. At eight o'clock tonight, she was struck from behind by an unknown assailant. How awful. Why did the police call us? What have we got to do with it? Clyde was home when we walked by the house. He saw us standing there. I'm going to tell him, Alice. I'm going to tell him the truth. Truth? What truth? There's always been that power inside me. I've known I had it, and sometimes it frightened me. Things have happened. I've been afraid sometimes to use it. Afraid it would turn against me. And tonight it did turn against me. Anne, what do you mean? By an unknown assailant. Murdered by an unknown assailant. You know that assailant was? It was me. Anne, are you crazy? You were up here in, in the room every minute. I was up here in the room, but I was wishing she were dead. I was willing him to come to me. I was trying to destroy the barrier.
4: Oh, why, surely you can't believe that, Anne. It was, it was only a coincidence, a terrible coincidence. I was trying to bring him back, to touch his heart. But the power didn't
0: touch his heart. His heart's like steel against me. It... Struck his heart and glanced off and struck her dead. Oh, Anne, please please you're talking like a lunatic. You don't understand People like you can't understand people like you (sighs) But there's violence to will To store it up takes years To
4: send it out of yourself is like like sending a powerful hand with fingers. Will can't kill somebody, Anne. Not pure Will. The, the body is one thing, the mind's another. Mrs. Dexter is physically dead. Her heart stopped beating. There was a blow. Somebody real, somebody human did that. She was struck from
0: behind. She was alone in the house. They said the doors were locked. She had no enemies. It came out of nothing. And it went away again. Oh... I… I never dreamed. I didn't want it to happen that way, but… but it's getting beyond me. It's assuming forms and accomplishing ends I don't plan. It's… it's turning against me, Alice. Turning against me. Oh, do you
4: think a police court will believe you? You'll only confuse the testimony. You'll only hurt Clyde. Oh, will. Will. Will, you talk about the power of your will. Did you have any real power these last two days? Did it bring Clyde to this hotel? Did it make him love you? Or even call you up? Yes! 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 Oh, don't you touch it. I won't let you speak to him. Get away from that phone, Alice. Do you want to get us in trouble? Do you want us to go to jail and spend weeks in court? He'll put you there. He wouldn't care. Get away from that phone, Alice. I don't believe you. Do you hear? I think you're mad! You're mad as a hatter!
0: Get away from that phone.
4: No! Anne! and you'll ruin your life. You'll fall into suspicion, and people will always think you had something to do with it. You'll end up in an asylum. The whole world will know he jilted you. What what are you going to say to him? (laughs) He must be half beside himself as it is. He'll never believe you. All right. Thank you, Alice. You see?
0: It is there, isn't it? I made you do what I wanted. And I can make anyone. Hello? Hello, Clyde. Oh, Clyde, darling. I just heard the terrible news. How terrible for you. I'm so sorry. Yes, Alice and I were out there this afternoon. We came by to say hello, but we got cold feet and came home. Oh, no, Clyde. No, we didn't. Not a soul. Oh yes, my darling, I... I understand how terribly broken up and... and my heart goes out to you. Oh, I will, Clyde, dearest, I will. I'll be right over. I'll help you in any way I know. Goodbye, Clyde. Anne. You didn't tell him. You're not going to tell him at all. No. Why should I? He's mine now.
4: Brody walked out of my life. Walked for me, trapped in her new and terrible strangeness. Somehow, I didn't want to play any part in her life again. I didn't go to her wedding when she and Clyde were married one year later. To me, there would have been something evil in hearing her voice repeat the sacred words. I am, take thee, Clyde. There has been for me... A nameless horror in the slow, steady way Anne Brody fulfilled her plan. The house in Riverdale, the car, the three children, Peter, Clyde Jr., and Charlotte. Her happiness, her triumphant motherhood has somehow been hideous to me. I've never heard a train whistle crying through the dawn but what I thought of her and shuddered. I have been afraid of Anne Brody now for fifteen years. Today I know I've been a fool. Today I know that it was a real murderer who murdered Mrs. Dexter with a hammer from the service porch. Today I'm going on a journey to Riverdale. I'm going to see Anne Brody again, lying willless and struck down in her coffin. Lying innocent and pathetic. Lying murdered. Not Will, nor nameless monsters of the mind could save her from the truth at last. Yesterday afternoon, the weak, long-brooding creature who could not brook domination from mother or wife flung pent-up death against the mistress of his will. Yesterday afternoon... Clyde Dexter struck again.
1: And now join us for That Thing in the Window, starring Pete Lutz as Martin Ames.
5: Harry, turn that vacuum off here for a minute and come over here, will you? I want to show you something. Yes, sir. Right here, out this window. Now look across the street, directly across, the opposite apartment. See that window about three windows in from the left with the kind of blue draperies? Uh-huh. There's someone sitting there in a chair. He hasn't moved all night. I think he must be dead.
6: Dead? Lord mercy, Mr. Ames.
5: Take a look at him and tell me what you think.
6: Okay. Okay. But I don't favor looking at a corpse, Mr. Ames. It's unlucky. Now, which window did you see? Third one over? I wish I had my glasses with me.
5: There, right there where my finger's pointing.
6: I'm afraid I don't see it yet, Mr. Ames.
5: Oh, look. The window with the blue draperies. He's wearing a sort of gray suit. The arm. You see the arm hanging over the side of the chair?
6: No, sir. But you've got good eyes, Mr. Ames. If you see it, I'm not arguing with you. Now, what are you going to do about it?
5: I don't know. I only began to notice it last night, I guess. I guess I first have to be sure the man is really dead.
6: That's right, Mr. Ames. You don't want to be getting yourself into any trouble. Maybe he's only sleeping. Or maybe he's incapacitated. Maybe the poor soul is just an invalid. Eh? Hey? <laughs>
7: Yes? Oh, hello.
5: I'm Martin Ames. Are you the superintendent of this apartment house?
7: That's what it says on the door.
5: I've come to inquire about one of your tenants.
7: Yeah? What is it? What do you want to know?
5: I live across the street. Well, I'll be frank with you, sir. I've been looking out my window across to this building now for two and a half days, and there seems to be someone dead in one of the windows. Huh.
7: Which window?
5: It's the 10th floor. I've counted from the street, and it's 10 stories up. There's a window with blue draperies about three windows in from the left. Facing toward me, that is. And there's a man sitting there, slumped down in a chair.
7: Huh. Yeah, just a minute. I'll get out of my chart. Tenth floor up from the street, huh? Well, it's really the ninth floor. The lobby counts one. We got two apartments along the front of the house. It's in the front, yeah? That's right. Huh. Now, three windows in from the left. Uh, that'll be 9B. A four-room. Uh, no, nah, that, that couldn't be right. 9B is Two ladies. You say this is a man?
5: Yes. The face isn't clearly visible. The head slumped forward. He's wearing a gray suit, and he's sitting in a high wingback chair.
7: Uh, I don't place
5: him. Maybe he doesn't belong in the house. Maybe he was visiting someone. Like I said, this is all conjecture, of course. He may not be dead, but I've watched him a good deal. I'm home a lot in the daytime. My profession, the stage, doesn't take up too much of my time. It looks quite suspicious.
7: Okay, I'll check on it. Mind if I stick around? No, sit down. I'll I'll give Night B a ring first on the house phone.
2: Hello? Oh,
7: Miss Landis.
2: Yes, this is Miss Landis. Who is
7: this? This is Mr. Hanson, the super. Uh, is everything all right up there, Ms. Landis?
2: Everything all right? Why, yes. Yes, of
7: course. Okay, Ms. Landis. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, that's that. No soap in 9B. 9A is in the country anyway. And if I got the windows straight like you said, it ought to be 9B. The single ladies? Yeah, only it couldn't be them. They're real old maids. They've been living in the house for years. Real old-fashioned type, you know? Say, if they knew you thought there was a man in their apartment, (laughs) the two of them would just jump out of their skins. Whoa-ho!
5: I don't know what to say. You sure it
7: must be that apartment? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the place, all right. you probably just made a little mistake. You know how your eyes can play tricks on you? After all, it's a pretty wide street. I don't think I made any mistake. Hanson speaking.
5: Hello, Mr. Hanson. This is Mr. Ames.
7: Again? It's not there. But Mr. Hanson... I checked up on the two apartments this morning. 9A is back from the country. Everybody's okay. And 9B is out walking the dog. No dead bodies in the whole place.
5: I can see it. It's still there.
7: Okay. Just where? Will you tell me where?
5: In the same window. The one you said was 9B. Have you gone inside 9B? No,
7: no, I didn't. But I asked him if anybody was sick or dead, and they said no.
5: You asked them? Why didn't you just search their apartment?
7: What do you mean? Break in when they're out?
5: No. Search it while they're there. Ring the bell, walk in, and do it.
7: Yeah? Not without a search warrant from the police. These apartments don't belong to me. I just take care of the building for the company.
5: Then let's call the police.
7: No, no. Not me, mister. I didn't see no dead body up there.
5: Then I will. After all, somebody's got to do something.
7: I still maintain, officer, that these two sisters are as refined ladies as you can find anywhere. High class, nice church-going ladies. They used to teach school up here at P.S. 33. Yeah, that don't mean a thing. As it happens, there's a play on Broadway right now in which
5: two nice old ladies commit murder after murder.
7: They got a dog in there. Now, will you tell me one dog that would stay for almost a week in a flat with a dead person? I'm not telling
8: you anything. All I know is this gentleman, Mr. Ames, here. He reported as stiff over here. And if he says there is one, there is. Until it's proved different. Right,
7: Mr. Ames? Well, I keep seeing the thing day in and day out. I'm not working at the moment. And being home so much... None of the other neighbors have complained. Dead bodies ain't exactly. Right this way, please. I hope they're home. If they ain't home, you got a passkey, haven't you? Oh, yeah, but we're not supposed to use it unless for an emergency. This is an emergency. (coughs) And the the dog bite? Sometimes. Get
2: down, Buster. Get down now. Yes? Who is it?
7: We're awful sorry, Ms. Landis, but there's been some kind of mix-up. These two gentlemen want to look over your apartment.
6: But why? It's not for rent.
7: Oh, I know. It's just that they, uh. They want to search around and, uh. check. Come on,
8: come on. Cut out the palaver. Hey, look, lady. A dead body's been reported sitting in one of your windows. What? Yeah, yeah. This guy here, he lives across the street. He's been seeing it for over a week. Oh. Now, come on. Open up.
2: A dead body? But that's impossible. My sister and I live here all alone.
8: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know all about it.
2: Excuse me a minute. I'll call my sister. Vivian? Vivian? Oh, come on. It's the police.
7: Hey, lady, come on. I'm not standing out here all day. Come on, give me the passkey. It won't do no good. They got a chain on the door from the inside. (sighs) Open up in the name of the law.
2: How do you do? I am Vivian Landis. May I ask you what all this is about?
8: Certainly, lady. I got a search warrant made out by this gentleman here who said to search your place. He said you got a dead body in there.
2: A dead body? (laughs) Why, that's perfectly ridiculous.
8: It is, but it's been reported. Now kindly take the door off the chain and let us through.
2: Of course. First... May I ask, how did this peeping Tom see into our apartment? Well, I thought, Mr. Hansen we... We're quite private.
8: Well, you see, he lives across the street on the same level.
2: Well, then we should have to keep our shades down in the future. Although, one would think a grown man would have something better to do. Do come right in, gentlemen. Make yourselves right at home. Thanks. Is he coming in too, Mr. Busybody?
8: No, he doesn't have to if you don't want him.
2: Well, I most definitely don't.
8: Okay, Mr. Ames, you better stay outside. Uh, officer, I was... Oh,
2: he does want to poke around in our private rooms. Is that it? Then he better have some ulterior motive in worming his way in. Maybe he's coming to get the lay of the land so he can break in someday to rob us.
8: Okay, okay, he's not coming in. Now, let's take a look at your window. (laughs) Yeah, I know, I'm sorry. Okay. Hey, Mr. Ames, what's the big idea?
5: You didn't find it? No. That's very strange.
8: Yeah? The only thing stranger about it is your eyesight. You ought to get your glasses changed.
5: There wasn't anything in 9B? No. I don't understand it. How could I have seen it so distinctly and it's not there? Perhaps it isn't in the window now. Perhaps they hid it while we were waiting outside the door.
8: Hid it? Now where do you hide a body in a four-room flat? I looked in all the clothes, closets, under the sofas, under the chairs.
5: Maybe they got it out of the back into the service elevator?
8: Single-handed? With all the garbage cans and the laundry going
5: up and down? Perhaps they had accomplices. Oh, you probably think, oh, it's so terrible to keep seeing it and seeing it and feeling it slowly decaying there in secret. Why, the thing would be there for weeks. It's so high above the streets. Perhaps, perhaps it'll never be found. Perhaps it's already being destroyed. Well, then if it's gone,
8: what do you got to worry about? You don't have to sit and look at it no more.
5: But I, I hope it is. I tell you, it's really getting me down. I haven't slept for nights keeping vigil. I'm in a nervous state. I haven't been this nervous in years. I can see that. Look, why don't you try
8: forgetting about it for a while? Try not to look over into that window, or, um, go away for a change. You've done what you could, Mr. Ames. If there really is a stiff over there, then it's my business, ain't it? You mean... you think I'm... I may be... I'm not saying nothing, Mr. Ames, but if I was you... I'd try catching up on a night's sleep.
1: And now the conclusion of That Thing in the Window, starring Pete Lutz as Martin Ames.
5: Miss Landis, I... I'm sorry to disturb you this time of night, but I really... I'm desperate. I... I haven't anywhere else to turn.
2: What? Who is this?
5: This is Mr. Ames. Martin Ames. Your neighbor? The one across the street? I was in your apartment yesterday morning with the police. Or, rather, I was almost inside your apartment. Your sister wouldn't let me in. Now, please don't think of me as a pest, Miss Landis. I don't mean to annoy you. It was only because I was... I was so desperate that I initiated that search.
2: It's quite all right. Goodbye.
5: No, please don't hang up, because it's worse now than it ever was. Miss Landis, I've been sitting here opposite of your apartment, staring into your window, and I... I'm only asking you to help me, Miss Landis. Help me just a little. Help you? It's still there, Miss Landis.
2: What is still there?
5: The dead body in your window.
2: Oh, my. There isn't. How dare you? When the police arrive... I
5: know. I know. I know it doesn't have anything to do with you. But would you do me just one favor, Miss Landis? Would you go into your living room and just check once more?
2: Oh! I won't! I'll do nothing of the kind! You're out of your mind!
5: Perhaps I am, Miss Landis. That's what I'm trying to find out. Then perhaps your sister Vivian would help me. (sighs)
2: She's not at home! Oh, Lord. And anyway, I don't see how you can see in. I pulled the shades down in there yesterday morning.
5: I know. They're all down still.
2: Then how can you see?
5: I can't. At least not the actual body. It's just a silhouette. I'm not delying you or your sister, Miss Landis. It's just if there's someone dead in there, it's not you who are doing it. But think of me. What? If you could just be here and look over there and see the shadow of those quiet fingers. That shoulder, that head. Oh,
2: please stop it, stop it. It's not here. It isn't.
5: Just tell me one thing, Miss Landis. There is a chair by that window, though, isn't there?
2: Yes. <laughs> There's a chair.
5: A high backed wing chair?
2: Uh-huh.
5: And have you anything on it? Anything piled up? I mean, like curtains, cushions, a dressmaker's dummy, or.
2: Of course not.
5: Or do you have a plant in the window in front of it? Some kind of an odd table? Anything? Anything that would cast a shadow like a man's head slumped forward or an arm hanging...
3: No!
2: There's nothing. Nothing but the chair.
5: Then would you do me just one more favor, Miss Landis? Please? Please. As an experiment, would you just go into the living room and move that chair from the window, please? I...
2: If I do it... Would you stop pestering us? Yes. Would you leave us alone? Forever?
5: Yes, yes, if it works. If
2: it works? What do you mean? I
5: can't tell you, Miss Landis, until you move the chair.
2: Do you mean? Oh, all right, all right. Yes? I moved it away from the window. It's at the other end of the room, and it's empty. Oh,
5: I see. Well, thanks very much, Miss Landis. I know what I have to do now.
3: You mean...
5: Yes, Miss Landis. It's still there. Miss Landis.
2: Where is it? I want to see it at once.
5: Oh, yes, miss. Come in. I hope you'll excuse my appearance. I I just passed another sleepless night.
2: So has my sister. And so have I. What do you mean by this business, Mr. Ames? You have frightened my sister half to death. I... Seeing things that aren't there when you know they are not.
5: I know they're not. Oh, I wish they weren't. I wish to heaven I never looked out that window. I wish those walls were solid stone. And your walls. Oh.
2: You are a sick man, Mr. Ames.
5: Oh, am I? I wish I were. But I'm perfectly sane and well. I went to the psychiatrist yesterday, and guess what he told me? That there's nothing wrong with me. Nothing.
2: I can't believe that.
5: I suppose it's a form of madness to persist and persist in this hideous image. But not me, Miss Landis. No. No. I've finally come to an entirely different conclusion.
2: And what is that?
5: The supernatural.
2: The supernatural? A ghost? Oh, what nonsense, Mr. Ames.
5: Yes, I suppose it is nonsense to you. Yes. You've been a schoolteacher. You believe in logic, common sense, the things that give up the pretense of solidarity in this frail life of ours. But I have eyes... I've always had a feeling for the hidden beyond, the intangible, the shadowy. We are children, Miss Landis. Children playing along the edge of the ocean. We laugh and toy with the waves and mock fright. But sometimes, sometimes one of us slips down into the darkness. Sometimes the depths rise and we glimpse the yearning things of the Eternal. You
2: put things rather oddly, Mr. Ames. Just exactly...
5: Simply this. I checked on that building with the real estate agents after I left my psychiatrist. There was a murder.
2: In our apartment.
5: Oh, the report doesn't say. You know how they try to hush those things up. It was a man, a young man, a lover of one of the tenants, a Miss Sweetser.
2: Sweetser? That's the name of the people who lived there before us. Oh. They were an elderly couple, Mr. and Mrs. Sweetser. I never saw any Miss Sweetser.
5: She died. She was the daughter. She killed herself afterwards by jumping out of one of the windows.
2: Oh, how perfectly awful.
5: A rather ghastly coincidence, isn't it? Was it out our window? No. She must have been a very neurotic person, though, this Miss Sweetser. Half crazed, almost with love and jealousy. I checked over tales of an old newspaper. She cut his throat, nearly decapitated him. <gasps> it said that when they lifted his body out of the chair later, his head almost
2: rolled If there could possibly be something. Why haven't we seen it, too? Why should you? Haven't you
5: seen it, Miss Landis? No. Are you sure? Never? Perhaps in the middle of the night? Getting up and passing that room? Seeing that chair outlined against the window? Just? Just in passing, perhaps? You've never had a glimpse?
2: No, I'm... I... I really must be going.
5: No, 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 please stay and look at it. I want you to see it out of my window.
2: No, my uh, uh, my sister Elaine, she's uh, very nervous. Uh, I can't leave her so long alone.
5: Then how will I know? How? Miss Landis, I thought you came here, especially... it'll only take a minute, really. It'll only take a minute. It's right in here in the bedroom. I just got to let up the Venetian blinds. Oh, Miss Landis, don't go. Miss Landis. Hello. Oh, uh, hello, Sergeant. This is Ames, Martin Ames. I just called to let you know I think you're right about that good night's sleep. Yes. I'm going away tomorrow for a long rest, shutting up my apartment. I... I'm all tied up in knots. I don't know what to think. Oh, they did. Yes, I saw the moving van in front of the house, but I... I didn't know it was those two sisters. Couldn't take it, huh? Well, I can't take it much longer myself.
9: Martin, bravo. Bravo, old boy. <laughs> shh,
5: shh. Not so loud. <laughs> Why all the mystery? The superintendent, uh, doesn't like me.
9: <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd think he wouldn't like you, grabbing this beautiful apartment right from under his nose. He probably had a promise to a friend.
5: But you've got it now, Ronald, just as I said. So I have, old boy,
9: so I have. And it's beautiful. You know I'm crazy about it. Marty, you've outdone yourself. You've been more than generous. Think nothing of it, Ronald.
5: I was glad to do it for such a distinguished colleague.
9: Well, it certainly was nice of you. And I wish I could do something in return. I really do. Perhaps that play I'm doing next week. You know, there's a part in it. A rather small part, but very necessary.
5: Well, thanks just the same, but I'm doing pretty well just now, Ronald. I
9: don't know how you found it, Martin. I mean, in this housing shortage, you know, even the superintendent didn't notice the rent. When your call came to my manager, I left rehearsal. I wouldn't trust it to anyone but myself. (laughs) I left the whole cast just standing there when I came over. And when I asked this gloomy character, Hanson, he just said nothing about it. I insisted, of course. I told him who I was, and finally he pulled. Sure enough, these two sisters who lived here just decided to move out.
5: I hope he didn't mention my name. You know, if Hanson knew that i tipped you off, he... Oh, no, no.
9: You asked me not to. Anyway, I think my own name was enough. Seriously, Marty, how did you know? Were they friends of yours?
5: Oh, no. It's all a long story. Come, let's sit down, shall we? In the living room. No, you take the chair guess they must have left that when they moved out. Oh, thank you. Well, to be frank, Ronald, I got this apartment by a ruse.
9: A ruse? What kind of ruse?
5: Oh, a pretty nasty one, actually. I frightened the last tenants away. I told them I saw a dead man sitting here in this window.
9: (laughs) Oh, no, 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 not really. How clever of you. Of course, there was one. You see, I live across the
5: street, directly across in that apartment there with the French curtains. One night, just sitting there late, I got an amusing thought. There was a kind of shadow in this chair, the one you're sitting in. It reminded me a little bit of a corpse. And it came to me that it might be fun to create a great pawn, a character, a corpse that wasn't there. Oh?
9: I don't follow you.
5: Some actors need a play, Ronald, to create a character. Others, the great ones, work out their own dramas. I proceeded to invent a part for myself. I was the eyewitness, the innocent bystander across the street who saw a corpse in here. And I kept seeing it, and kept seeing it. And finally, by the power of suggestion, it became real enough to frighten them away.
9: <laughs> Very clever. Wasn't it rather drastic?
5: I always hoped we'd be neighbors, Ronald. As a matter of fact, the whole idea for this thing came to me that day in October, when you turned me down for that part outside of Sardi's. Don't you remember? You said you were looking for a place then. Oh, yes. Yes. It was then, I thought, how nice it would be to see you, right across the street, sitting in this window. I simply had to bring it about. Well, I, uh... Oh, no. No, 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 Ronald. Don't get up yet. I'm not through. <laughs> no, really, old boy. I, I think the gang doesn't even know that I'm here. They just... They'll wait. People always wait for you, don't they, Ronald? I could call them free, of course. But the phone's been disconnected.
9: Well, I'm afraid that I'm, uh... Which way is the door, old boy? (laughs) Now, really, Marty, it's been very kind of you to... Don't you like the apartment, Ronald? Aren't you
5: going to take it, after all my work?
9: Uh, yes. I like it very much.
5: The door's locked. Yes, Ronald. I'm afraid you'll have to find your way out alone.
9: Marty, I don't... What are you... (coughs) There.
5: That'll keep you quiet. (laughs) Silence always became you better than all that ranting and glibness and charm, Ronald. (laughs) And now I've got the part for you, the part to end all parts, entirely in a chair. There's not much action, not a line for you. Just sit, Ronald. (sighs) Just sit in this chair by the window. Here. It'll be the greatest performance of your career. You liked to hog all the fattest roles for yourself, didn't you? Well, this is a part that's been talked about up and down this street for weeks. You'll play the part of a ghost, a corpse that never was, a hallucination in my brain. And who will be your audience? I will. I, the insignificant, outmoded hand, who wasn't fit to appear in your precious plays, but good enough to put you here, Ronald. Who's the better actor now, Ronald? Goodbye, Ronald. See you across the street.
1: Lucille Fletcher's Dark Journey and That Thing in the Window were directed and produced by Rachel Pulliam for Showcase Classics and the Sonic Society Summerstock Playhouse. Dark Journey starred Rhiannon McAfee as Alice and Christy Glick as Anne, with Heath Martin as the conductor. That Thing in the Window starred Pete Lutz as Martin Ames, Elise Krawick as Mary, Glenn Haskell as Mr. Hanson, Margaret Ashley as Miss Landis, Jerry Kokkich as Sergeant, Holly Stevenson as Vivian Landis, and John Bell as Ronald. All sounds were provided by freesound.org, with original incidental music by Ross Bernhardt. The suspense theme was composed by Bernard Herrmann and reimagined and performed by David Krauss. This is Bruce Busby, your host for Showcase Classics. And a grateful Playhouse resounds as we close on the suspense double feature from
3: Rachel Pullion. Our thanks to her and her entire acting and production troupe. Please be sure to join us next week at the Playhouse as we join Shh Productions and the Vintage Radio Hour with Nothing Behind the Door from Quiet Please. This is the final day for MadCon Virtual 2021 and on the docket are several excellent panels on post-production and the release of shows. Please go to mad-con.com or all the regular social media places for details and we look forward to seeing you there. And that concludes this week's performance of the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. All productions, features, characters and scripts presented in the Playhouse belong strictly to their respective copyright holders and no copyright infringement is assumed or intended. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is part of the Sonic Society and a proud member of the Mutual Audio Network and any shows that continue their run must receive express permission from all parties involved. Join us next week for another new classic. With thanks to our announcer, Jack Ward, I'm your host, David Olds. Good night.
2: This has been an Electric Vicuna production.
0: You can listen to classical and brand new audio dramas through the Mutual Audio Network. Subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify or iHeartRadio today. There's 8 different podcasts one for each day of the week and genre, and the Mutual Audio Network broadcast feed so you
4: don't miss a day of your favorite shows. Subscribe to Mutual Audio tonight. Good night.